You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. He's got it! Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup B, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra and Brazilian Ty coming out of Labor Day weekend in the CFL. First, I just want to say quickly, man, uh, I acknowledge how lucky I am and we are to go to football games, but uh, Saturday and even Monday, terrifying day in the province of Saskatchewan, lives lost and lives altered, family dynamics changed forever, so... uh yeah, our sincerest condolences to those affected, and I, I realize the uh, privilege that uh, we get to go to football games and talk football. But man, sometimes, sometimes life and the and the world can uh, can be a terrible place, Ty. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I have much to add yeah. to that. It's, yeah, we usually like to start the show off, you know. Funny, but it's pretty funny. Cold open stuff it's like heavy. that, but this, it's it's you can't do that with this. Yeah, it's heavy. This uh, episode of Two and Out brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation, and uh, the foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group, and once it reaches ten thousand dollars, it can start distributing funds. Vital Signs. It's an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with the Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. And this year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. Okay, Ty, normally (laughs) we go into an episode with a lot of preparation today. Oh boy, <laughs> is not one of those days. And to pull the curtain back, the playoffs. Yeah, joke on you guys. We actually prepared for this, and it's still this bad. <laughs> the the playoffs are usually when we don't prepare anything. The games end, and we hit record. Great well, pickup is usually a disaster of a recording. Yeah, Ty usually rants uh, and. <clears throat> destroys the person that sits behind him at the game. Uh, that person has... <laughs> that ruins uh, that ruins pay-per-views for us. <laughs> Am I wrong? Ca- like, no. That, it was like the first quarter in Calgary, and we're like, well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, there was a wrestling like pay-per-view that weekend. That weekend. It was AEW, wasn't it? And there, I think it was NXT. Or NXT. Something maybe, like yeah. that. And the guy behind us is talking spoilers. Give me a break. And we both turned around and we're like, dude, (laughs) the last place you thought you would have been uh, spoiled on Uh, something. I mean, it might be the first place, really. We were in Calgary. (laughs) Now I was in Calgary. The birthplace of Canadian wrestling. Yeah, good point. I thought it was going to be an insult, but well done. No. no I'll save my insults for for the third game of the week. <laughs> I was also in Regina. So, look, if I wanted to hit record, there was no time on that. We'll start with Friday night. 
Ottawa, Montreal. Ottawa wins 38-24. Ottawa's on a two-game win streak, both on the road. What is happening? What is happening? <laughs> the Red Blacks are an is entirely new team. Is Nick Arbuckle the, the greatest player in Red Blacks history? <laughs> is he turning that franchise around? <laughs> okay, he's he went 20 of 31, 313 yards, one touchdown. Yeah, that includes a 64-yard pass to Jalen Acklin. I mean, the Red Blacks are a completely different team. For that, on that note, maybe Montreal is a completely different team uh, as well. But they were running the ball, Montreal, I would say. Um, The one drive, they had 55 yards rushing on the drive alone. Uh, Walter Fletcher, 6.9 yards a carry. Nice. On nine carries. Sorry, sorry, not. (laughs) Jeshrin Atwee, five carries for 56 yards, but it it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough consistency with the offense. There was a fumble, actually two fumbles, uh, two interceptions, and those turnovers, look, Ottawa took advantage, and Ottawa's D-line was all over Trevor Harris. Yeah, and I mean, Trevor Harris was 22 of 29 with, with two touchdowns and two picks. I mean, you look at that and it's, you see that completion percentage. Yeah. You see the two touchdowns, and it doesn't seem that bad, but those two picks, Ottawa capitalized on. This team is, I don't, I don't I'm not going to say they've turned the corner by any means, but this is one of the better games, if not the best game they've played this year. Yeah. They disrupted the offense from Montreal, they capitalized on, on their chances. Yeah, sure. They still haven't won at home, but you know, they are what two points back a game back of Montreal for second place right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're somehow still around. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo Malden, he had two sacks. Kenny Onyeka, he also had a sack. Bryce Carter had a sack. I mean, uh, that D line, when they're when they're doing things, they're doing they're doing it really well. And hey, Lorenzo Mulder, Malden also made it on the stat sheet with a knockdown. So that guy's having a come out party. Um, Sean Burke, I think, bringing him over from Hamilton to Ottawa, and that has been one of the biggest moves for the Red Blacks. Is <laughs> is Paul Lapolis going to be able to save his skin? I mean, their big games they coming might up. Host they could host the East Semi. Like, which can you fire him wild. after that? Like they're, I don't they're, gonna know. Go five, they're gonna go five and thirteen and host the East Semi, <laughs> and they might win it. Wow! They've Think got two that. games coming up here against Ottawa. I mean Toronto. So if they win, if they win them both, they got to split. That that's probably the most likely scenario because you can't. I think Toronto is really starting to come, come together, together a little bit here. But, I mean, right now, over me. And then... Uh, <laughs> I was thinking it too, but you, you, you sound like you had a thought. But he's going to let it roll. <laughs> I mean, if Ottawa somehow wins both of those games, whoa, baby. They might host the East final. 
Yeah. So, and, and, and that's the question, like what's happening with the Alouettes now? Because they're coming off wins against Hamilton. Against and, it's like you, and it's not like they can go back to Vernon Adams Jr. Yeah, good point. <laughs> they put all, all their eggs in one basket. They yep. do not have a very diverse portfolio now. And the, the, that win over Winnipeg, you know, I thought they'd be able to harness that momentum mm-hmm. going into this game, and Ottawa really just stomped them. Yeah, I mean, so. you, you don't – you look at Nick Arbuckle, 20 of 31 for 313 yards, which is nuts. Mm-hmm. Throws throws a touchdown, doesn't turn the ball over, sixty four point five percent percentage. Like you're like, okay, it's just one of those games where you know they were throwing the ball in garbage time. That's kind of what it feels like. like. You look at that stat line, you don't think that they would have had a lead at any point. But I mean, puts up big numbers. Caleb Evans still comes in and contributes six six carries for twenty five yards and a touchdown. Like this team is starting to gel on the road anyway. Yeah. At home, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't, it's whatever it is. They're, they still have they still have won football games, and they're still in this, and mm-hmm. they are getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, credit to Ottawa's offensive line as well. They they do have a veteran mm-hmm. group, and Montreal had no sacks, yep, none, and uh, Ottawa's actually able to move the ball on the ground, which has been a bit of a struggle for them this year, and. Uh, you, you maybe would like to see the average a bit better, but it was pretty consistent. Devontae Williams, 4.8 yards a carry, 15 carries, 72 yards. He was just getting nice chunks and nice chunks, play after play. And I'm just trying to figure out, Montreal was hitting Kolaris and creating havoc in the backfield in those two games against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And then the defensive line really didn't do much against Hamilton, and they didn't do anything against Ottawa. What were the matchups between Montreal and Winnipeg? The one-offs, like the exception to the rule, I, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense where they can be that dominating, and then the next two weeks, it's... Who is this team? They really needed that. They, yeah. they totally needed that from uh, their defensive line, and... As far as Ottawa goes, now Arbuckle looks like it's going to be a really dynamic connection between he and Darvin Adams, between he and Jalen Acklin leading the CFL in receiving yards, seven catches, 159 yards. The old two-and-out bump is paying off for Jalen. I mean, (laughs) can't can't fault us for anything that he's done this year. He's done nothing nothing but produce. So we won't take fault if he does anything wrong, but (laughs) yeah, that's not us. When he has a thousand yard receiving season, somehow at the end of the, by the end of the year, it's all on, it's all our, yeah, we'll take all all the credit, none of the blame. Yeah. That's marriage, isn't it? (laughs) I guess, I guess (laughs) for some, (laughs) maybe not you. Take all of the blame and none of the credit. Yeah, that's me. All yeah. of the blame, no matter yeah. what. I know. That's why I get. That's why I'm getting the back surgery. My, my <laughs> the burden that I carry. Oh, 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 oh no! <laughs> oh boy, mom's gonna. My mom is gonna listen to that and message your wife on Facebook. One hundred percent. Gino Lewis, uh, six catches, sixty-three yards, and a touchdown for the Owls, and it was. 
it was good to see touchdown Jake back where he belongs mm-hmm. in the in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, kind of Dalton Schoen has taken over that that job of scoring touchdowns, kind of at will. It seems uh, not not only Jake Winnie, but Tyson Philpot had a big game too. Four four for seventy one led the way uh, for the Alouettes. But yeah, Jake Winnicky, I mean, it, it's week 13. It's about damn time. Yep. It's about time. Is there a song lyric that I'm supposed to be uh, catching on to? If you were on TikTok, maybe. Yeah, I'm not on TikTok. That Lizzo song? I, I oh, okay. Okay. Hey, I'm going to leave it up to you to work in the pop culture references and they'll continue to fly over my freshly cut hair, over (laughs) my freshly cut hair. Is it no coincidence that as soon as Devontae Dedman comes back to the CFL that the Red Blacks are 2-0? No. And he hasn't been able to have a dynamic return because teams won't allow it. Yeah, that's, that is very true. Um, but, I mean, they got him two receptions, two targets here. They let him touch the ball. He had the one rush for two yards. But I think they're going to keep working him in and working him in and give this offense another option. And if teams aren't going to kick to him, then why wouldn't you put him? Like, yeah, have him back there. Teams don't want to kick to him, fine. But he's got to be back there for that to happen. And then put him into the offense. Get him some touches. Give him that chance. And maybe he takes, you know, some matchups away from Acklin and Darvin Adams and opens things up for those guys. And and this offense just kind of keeps clicking. I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all. All of a sudden, it is look out for the Red Blacks, but I I don't think we can all doom and gloom Montreal yet. It was one game. I mean, credit mm-hmm. to Ottawa. For- Mike Sherman's not coaching this team. Like, <laughs> it's not over. Credit to Ottawa for coming out and playing the, their best. They had the ball for over 33 minutes. And, I mean, hey, we'll let Dunnigan and Stiegel argue over uh, <laughs> whether ownership situations affect a team's on-field performance. Mm-hmm. Hey, if, if your paychecks are clearing, you shouldn't care about who's signing them. Yeah. Maybe uh, Milt and Matt are out for beers right now, but I somehow doubt I it. I highly doubt it. <laughs> After Labor Day, they were, I think, well, we, sick we of know Milt's not. That's true. Too many carbs in beer. Yeah, way too many carbs. <laughs> you got to drink Michelob's. I, mean, I bet you he doesn't even drink. Probably not. He's uh... a nerd. <laughs> You're up. <laughs> okay, the, the the day before Labor Day Classic, is that acceptable? Labor Day weekend. Okay. The Winnipeg, they want to call it the Labor Day Classic, they can be wrong if they want. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers beating the Saskatchewan <laughs> Rough Riders 20-18. to 18. This... <laughs> I, had, I had Bombers minus three and a half and the under... Punt single and the single in the kickoff shoved it right up my hoop. Whoa. Sold That's out. Why I hate betting spreads. In Regina. Now, I, I don't know what it was. I truly think that was the loudest I've ever heard Mosaic Stadium before kickoff. Definitely was it was definitely the loudest we've heard it this year, I think. Yeah. If not all time, it definitely was That's the loudest I've heard it on TV. The Taylor, my wife, texts me in the, I think, the fourth quarter. 
you people are loud. <laughs> oh, what do you mean, you people? <laughs> and then when Winnipeg comes out of the tunnel, the, it was Roman Reigns level booing from the crowd, and maybe some blue fans yelling blue. I'm not sure, but then. You can't even hear the musical montage as the riders are getting set to come out. Like, Rider Nation, and hey, credit to all of the Bomber fans that made that trip from Winnipeg. It made for an incredible atmosphere Sunday in Regina. I cannot wait. I'm to sure s- Saturday night was a good time, too. Yeah, I bet I bet it was. I cannot wait to see uh, the ratings for this one. Like, the fact that there were four points scored in the fourth quarter, and yet... This game had so much drama. It, it felt like a playoff game. It was a game that the Riders needed to win, and they just didn't get. And this is the difference between a champion, and I heard Craig Dickinson say it, the difference between a championship team and a team that's trying to get there. The Bombers were down 14 nothing, and you never got a sense of panic at all. I was never worried about my bet. Like, if, if I was, well, the only reason I got worried is that punt single. I'm like, <laughs> it's 14 points. Like, it, it's what, like, there's no way Winnipeg's going down 21. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And they just started making plays. Like, it just, yeah, that, that crowd was something else <clears throat> on Sunday. And yeah, right when the Riders elected to receive, I'm like, you're losing this football game. We but what a talk. first drive. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you won the toss, defer. They end up with the ball, and it works out. They did a great first drive, and the, I don't know, the second half, I mean, they they only allowed four points. So, I mean, you can't really fault the defense at all in that second half. But Jason Moss, leaving a little bit to be desired if you're a Ryder fan right now. Man, you're putting that lightly. Uh, the game... Hey, I've I've been driving this bandwagon for, like, <laughs> how many? Like, for two... You're at like, least I eight. hate to say I told us so, but I told us so. In a told us so. <laughs> and now all you people are jumping on it, and you're changing the music. What do you mean, you people? What you do know you what I mean, you people. <laughs> and change the music, and that's what the AC... They're rolling down windows and throwing bottles of signs... We're going to get pulled over. Everybody's going to get kicked out, and Moss is going to keep his job is what's going to happen. It was just me. It was fine. This is a funny note about the game. I'm going to cross the street to go across the tracks to go to the stadium. I'm standing there with Mike O'Shea. Oh. (laughs) And the train is parked on the tracks. Mm -hmm. And there's me. Derailed. Two bomber fans. Neely and, Mike and Mike. <laughs> Was it Neely and Mike? No, no. Oh, people I didn't oh two know. different bummer fans. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So then the police officer gets on the, the intercom thing and attention bomber and rider fans. <laughs> like uh there's been a train derailment. So uh you need to walk north to Albert. I'm like, yeah. give me a break. So I go to Mike O'Shea, that's home field advantage, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to walk north to Albert and then back to the stadium. Right I, through the heart of it. I don't know if he was going for a run or what, but yeah. I probably, thought... We're probably going to get a blizzard, pregame blizzard. 
I thought he would get front door service, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess not. The drive- I would have been. I would have been getting an Uber so fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I would not have been walking. <laughs> the drive chart for the riders started with touchdown, field goal, field goal, field goal, and that's uh, a that's lot about it. better than <laughs> yeah uh, you would have expected. Uh, from the mm-hmm. Ryder offense, or at least uh, a lot of people in Saskatchewan expected of their own team. That was the, and, that opening drive was the only drive they got in the red zone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> credit to the Winnipeg defense as mm-hmm. always. Um, never panicking. I mean, Saskatchewan made plays too. Uh, Shaq Evans had a thirty-yard reception. Mitchell Pickton had a forty-seven-yard. Reception, But before we get to the second half, in the first half, it really started falling apart, I found, for Saskatchewan. when uh, So Braden Linnaeus is making his season debut after coming back up from the uh, NFL, and he looked kind of lost in some places. He took an offside. Mm -hmm. um, He took a holding penalty. But on one drive, the Riders had a time count violation. At home. And they had two of them in the first half. Mm-hmm. Two time counts at home? Look, I know the Bomber fans were loud, but, but they weren't on. that loud. Come on. Just, yeah, I don't know. It just seemed a little bit of, uh, I don't want to call it stage fright. Uh, the, I don't know, a little bit of unpreparedness maybe and just things not things not quite there, like just out of sorts. Like you're getting a lot of bodies in getting and with Duco, mm-hmm. Chat coming back, Linnaeus back in the lineup. Like it's a lot of a lot of guys that are aren't used to being in those positions. Like, well, they are, but they're not. Like, they're just out of sync with how everything runs, coming on and off the sidelines and stuff like that. So, I think that probably attributes to it a little bit. But when you're at home, those just seem those seem unexcusable. Yeah. The uh, so they had the time and then camp- the, the procedure called the no end. Yeah. Like, on a big play. Well, and then Glenn's like, well, that, that receiver's got to get up to the line. I'm like, no, no, no. He's got to be stationary on the line. He doesn't just have to be at the line when the ball is on. He's got to be stationary to close that end. Mm-hmm. Can't be moving around. So in the, in the one sequence, they're deep in their own end. They take the offside. They take the time count. And then they punt and take a no yards. And Winnipeg getting beautiful field position. Mm-hmm. And this is what Zach Kolaris has done since going to Winnipeg. Well, the, the time counting offside for back-to-back plays. Yeah, yeah. Like. Just when you think you've had him sacked, just when you think the play is a mess, somehow 83, mm-hmm. 82, they're finding places in the secondary, and Kolaris is finding them. And especially that touchdown to show the him. Shown. Yep. That, his ninth touchdown of the year, probably eight of them have been. Scramble drill. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I think there's only been one where Kolaros has been in the pocket. A beautiful, incredible play that... And he threw him open. Yep. Like, it was it, it, unreal. It, it was it was magic. I mean, yeah. when you look in the, <laughs> the first half, in the second quarter, the Riders had the ball for... Eight and a half minutes in the in the first quarter, they had it for over ten minutes. So they had the opportunities, but they didn't end in sixes as much as Winnipeg's opportunities did. And we get to the second half, and it I mean, really hits they, the fan. They, there. they had the ball for 10, 10 minutes and twenty seconds in the first quarter and scored eleven points. 
So, I mean, that's about as good as you that's, can expect to start yeah. against the Bombers. Yeah. So, I mean, they had a great a great start to the game. The, the mosaic was rocking. And then in the second corner, Bombers had the ball for six minutes and 31 seconds. How many points did they score? Yeah. Most of their points. 17. 17. Yeah. So they, they made their opportunities count. And was it windy? It was a little bit. But uh, nothing that would be like... A huge advantage. No, no. Yeah. It was windier in Calgary at times. There was some of a breeze in, in Regina, and maybe that mm. contributed to trying to do the law through 57-yarder. And I mean, <laughs> Mike O'Shea continues to talk uh, about how he believes in his kicker, Mark Leggio. And a couple games ago, the, the two short kicks against Montreal missed, and, and this mm-hmm. game... I mean, I credit to O'Shea. I mean, I think the belief that he has shown to his kicker in the media and everywhere else, and then showing belief by putting him out there to kick a 55-yarder, mm-hmm. massive, massive kick from Legio, and that won the game. So congratulations to uh, Legio for making that kick. But the Riders, so many opportunities – and the big ones, I thought the, the back-to-back penalties in the first half. And I think it was Kyron Moore that made the catch. He's mm-hmm. tackled out of bounds. It would have been about second and two. And that was the Riders' offense. Nothing going on in the third. Nothing. Yeah. Um, second and two, that's about as good as you can ask for. Duke Williams says something egregious. Oh, he's... In civvies, by the way. And the flag goes up. Misconduct penalty to the Rough Rider bench. Second and 12. Derails the drive. It's Winnipeg ball. Yeah. Just the timing on it, not great. But like the in the situation that it was, or that would put the Riders in. With, with him being in civvies, like you said, like that just makes it even worse, I think. Um, and I mean... <clears throat> Baseball, you see it, guys on the DL, or I guess it's the IL now, on the bench, don't usually get into too much. Like, if they get kicked out, who cares? But yeah. it's not like they get – it's not like, okay, well, your next batter starts with a strike. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's whatever. You kicked out, you might have to pay a fine. Basketball, it happens. The guys are on the bench, whatever. Football, it just seems – football, with how physical it is and how big those rosters are, how big they are on the sidelines, when stuff goes down, those guys can be in the middle of it. And they're not like hockey. You're in the press box, so like Dickinson coming out and saying like you know if guys aren't playing, they're not going to be there. He said yada, he's yada, ruined yada. it for everyone, but he's I ruined mean, it for everybody. Hindsight. <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. But now you're now it just looks like you're just blaming Duke for anything that happens on that sideline. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, but you're getting paid a quarter this isn't of a the million first time. dollars, and you got to be smarter. But and if it's you, something he said, like, how about a warning? I, I, unless unless he was doing it all day. And that's the thing. Or depending on what he said, maybe it did work. That's the and thing. We don't know what got, he said. He's got to be way smarter for but sure. But the flag came out fast. We, yeah. I mean, that's uh, – <laughs> Yeah, but he, no, he's got to be way smarter. I think that's – that. I think we can both agree on that. I, and I think it is – 
it's piling on because of what happened in Wolfville, mm-hmm. uh, the helmet throwing, yeah, uh, getting suspended, the spitting allegedly, yeah, all that stuff. This stuff piles up, and yeah. when it when you cost your team, I can't say that he cost the game. No, but when you cost the team, we at both least know that who cost series, the riders the game. When you cost the team at least that series, that is a massive, massive mistake. And then in the fourth quarter, I mean, and and it was also a big mistake, I thought. Obviously, Saskatchewan takes the single uh, to go up 18-17. Well, Winnipeg ball at the 40. Yeah. (laughs) Like I thought, I thought they got rid of John Ryan. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, t- then today I get a score update John Ryan punch single I'm like oh weird <laughs> so hey Kolaris Winnipeg does what they need to do get down the field and hey kick a massive field goal to go up well Riders Cody Fajardo I mean all of the criticism this season all of it and has been on him, and he's mm-hmm. played well. And 23 of 32, 292 yards, one interception in this game. I thought he played great. And that last drive, they made plays. They got down the field. They got into field goal range. It's in Lothar range. Well within Lothar range, and you're down two. And it's about 218 to go, and I realize that if you kick a field goal with, say, a minute 30 to go, Kolaris is going to have time to engineer a drive to get Winnipeg into scoring range. Mm-hmm. But, but the way your defense has been playing, they've allowed four points in the half. you got to trust your defense. Well, I think everybody trusts the rider defense more than they trust mm-hmm. the rider offense to win games. Yes, 100% right now, I think that is a fair assessment. So when I uh, and I think that, and I don't know if it's because they don't trust Cody and the offense, or if they don't trust who's responsible for calling the offense. When I see, <laughs> I'm thinking, run the ball. Mm-hmm. We 100%. haven't even said Frankie Hickson's name. 15 carries, 85 yards, 5.7 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Play the averages. If <laughs> and you can put the ball in the middle of the field or on whatever hash mark Brett Lowther prefers. If he gets 5.7 yards on two carries, you got a first down, more yep. clock. More clock being eaten up. But it felt mm-hmm. like, to me, that they were so scared they that panicked. if they didn't get a touchdown, that yeah. Winnipeg was going to win with a field goal. And they mm-hmm. forced it. And look, Cody for- forced the throw. He needs to have situational awareness and eat that ball. But that should have never been a passing play. We've nope. seen all game long the Riders had the most success when the fullbacks were out there. Mm-hmm. Albert Awachi, James Tuck had great games, and they're not going to get all of the credit. And out they there. are not on the yeah. stat sheet other than on the roster. Right. And when they're off the field, sacks, more sacks, pressure the run on Cody. Game struggles. Yeah. Yep. And they were not on there on that. That interception play. Well, and with that, they're not on there. You know they're not running the ball. So yeah. why why would Winnipeg send pressure? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to telegraph stuff like that. It's just frustrating. 
We didn't even mention uh, the offensive pass interference that Craig Dickinson ended up challenging. And and the Dickinson's challenged some stupid. <laughs> and that, that lost timeout came to bite him at the end. They could mm-hmm. have had the ball with 30 seconds to go, which you can make things happen in 30 oh, seconds. Yeah. You can't do much in eight. So No. Well, I can. So... <laughs> <laughs> The Jason Moss call a that <laughs> I don't get it, and I, I I'm sitting here less uh, just over 24 hours later, and uh, I still don't understand it. I mean, Cri- <laughs> Winnipeg made their plays. Zach Kolaris, 15 to 24, 214, and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's the big number. The touchdowns there. Uh, Brady Oliveira was limited. He had 3.2 yards of carry. I mean, Dembski had a beautiful game. Five catches for 79 yards, and he almost mm-hmm. had an even a bigger play that was broken up. <laughs> but that's a championship team. No panic yeah. and not taking, taking the idiotic penalties. The Riders had 99 yards yep. and penalties in this game. The mm-hmm. Bombers had 40. <laughs> There's step one. Yeah. Step two, the Bombers didn't panic at no. all. They're dumb. They They've been there before. Early. Look at the this great is nothing new. Yep, yep. There's nothing new to them. Yep. They just kind of plotted away. The offense is, they know what their offense is. They know its weaknesses. They know its strengths, and they played to it and trusted that the defense would make the adjustments they needed to make, which they did because Richie Hall is damn good at his job. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. And they just second half, they shut him out. And when it looked like the Riders were going to run away with this game early on in that first quarter. Early, yeah, yeah. Right? And it's, it, that's just a mark of, of a championship team, like you said. And will they, Can they three-beat? Absolutely they can. They're probably going to win the West. 11 and 1. Like, it's nuts. Look, it doesn't matter how you win, man. Bottom line, they have 11 wins. If they're winning other games now, how do you think it's going to go in November when the other teams haven't, aren't, are afraid to run the ball? Because they haven't done it all year. They're all ugly games. You don't get, you don't get a 52 50 game in the middle of November in Winnipeg in minus 30. Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. It, like, congrats. It's, it's frustrating because other teams haven't figured this out. Mm-hmm. Like Hamilton, still trying to go high flying, throw the ball 50 times a game. It's not going to work. Mm-mm. It hasn't worked for three years. No. Nothing changes. Right? Like, you say sports are copycat, like every league's copycat league. Nobody's been able to copy Winnipeg yet. Nope. And I think by the time they do, it'll be somebody else is going to figure out a way to stop it, and it'll be too late anyway. Congrats to Winnipeg. Uh, congrats to their fans. Look, I uh, I try to be as unbiased as I can, but man, when when you drive eight and a half hours, and uh, I expected a. You did not expect the Riders to win that game. I picked them to win. You fool. But the, I don't know. that 
I, I guess I don't feel like a fool. They they lost by two points and they should have won. They covered. Yeah, they covered. Um, it's it's the way, but that that's the close games. You know, that's the that's Labor Day. Mm-hmm. That that game. Uh, I don't know. There was no blowout games this week. No. It, well, well, <laughs> it was close going into the fourth. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that. Man, that that game meant the world to me. Uh, and seeing my friends from Winnipeg, hey, they were great fans that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having fun, and you, you know what? The, party. That, the only time, or I shouldn't say the only time. When I when I talk about people from Winnipeg, and when I when I disparage them, just remember that one of you made me walk around downtown <laughs> when, downtown Regina with the promise. Of nuggets from Burger King, and I will walk five hundred miles if there. And was I will walk five hundred more for chicken nuggets. And it was closed. <laughs> you lied to me, Neil. You let me down like my real dad. And I will never forgive you, and I will never forget. So now all of Winnipeg has to pay for that. <laughs> wow! Congrats to Winnipeg. Uh, I Except mean, for it- Neely. And here's the thing. I, I just, if Saskatchewan was going to win one of the three, it had this to be was that one. the one. Yeah, because they're getting throttled next week. You're not going to go into IG Field and make those same dumb mistakes. No, you're not. They've been making these dumb mistakes a, all year, you're not, though. You're not getting off an eight-hour bus trip. <laughs> ready to play a football game. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to the rematch there. Hamilton, Toronto, where the Argos end up going to Hamilton, winning for the first time on Labor Day in a decade, 28-8. to eight. The Argos win, but we'll say that 17 points came in the fourth quarter from Toronto. I just want to read Hamilton's drive chart to you. I haven't looked at it yet. I'm going to read it along. Punt. Punt. Punt, punt. Interception. I'm sorry, what'd you call me? (laughs) Punt, 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 punt. Turnover on downs. Punt, interception, turnover on downs. Game over. Every drive ended in them them giving the ball away. (laughs) Every single one. Yeah, except for the end of the game. That is insane. But look, huh. Dane Evans is hurt. Matt Schiltz is hurt. I know. Jamie Newman getting his first career start, 14 of 25, 171 yards, and an interception to Jamal Peters, who might be the hottest defensive player in the CFL right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dominated last week at BMO. <laughs> Impact again, obviously, this week on Labor Day. And we know that Brandon Banks has had an impact on Labor Day at Tim Hortons Field before he had another impact at Tim Hortons Field again. It's just such a shame sometimes. But sometimes it just makes my heart so happy with what happens at, at, at Tim Hortons Field sometimes. You can't. Uh, I remember we've gone through phases on this 
podcast where the Thai's public enemy number one is Ottawa, and then <laughs> when was it Ottawa? Well, oh, it, the first year it, <laughs> when you got waxed. How soon we forget? Uh, uh, Montreal. I mean, we actually had an episode called Montreal Swear Jar because mm-hmm. uh, we trashed them so much. Or you? Well, did. That, was, that was the Mike Sherman. Johnny Manziel debacle. I think the Elks were your enemy, but... That was because they just did nothing right. Seems like Hamilton's currently your enemy right now. I wouldn't say the whole city. Just like, I like to watch suffering. <laughs> okay, but serious conversation, man. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back Grey Cup appearances, and now... Yes. I'm going to answer your question right now. It's a yes. Do we got to... Do they got to blow this thing up? I think so. And I see the the talent on the defense. Don Jackson got the ball three times on the ground. Sean Thomas only got the ball three times on the ground. He had 39 yards. Yeah. What are we doing? When it's a basically a three point game going into the fourth quarter, and uh, your quarterback getting his first ever start, no, that's yeah. I, I harp on the Jason Moss at thing in Saskatchewan. And I've done it for two years. I think he's terrible. If Hamilton's not saying the same thing about Tommy Condell, I don't know what the hell they're watching. That <laughs> am I wrong? Because this is stupid. This makes zero sense to me. You got a rookie quarterback, and we talk about it all the time. When Nathan Rourke started last year and even this year, like James Butler's going to have to be leaned on. He's going to have to get some carries. Taylor Cornelius, last year, get James Wilder involved. Get those guys, get the running backs the ball. You know, kind of try to establish a run game or at least give them the defense thinks that, you know, it's a possibility. You, you hand the ball off six times to your two running backs. Other than that, Pappy White gets a carry. Tim White got a carry. And then your other eight are from your quarterbacks. I, I, I don't I don't know how I don't know what you gotta do to blow it up because like what do you, like you've you've they chose Dane over Mazzoli. Okay, that's fine. Dane hasn't been Dane or the Dane that we've seen. And I don't know if it's because the film's out. There's no chance that, you know, they can't go back and forth between him and Mazzoli. He's not coming in, you know, and with a little bit of a different package and teams are yeah. ready for. Everybody knows what it is. And what it is hasn't changed, but he's just not as mobile as Mazzoli was when he was there. <clears throat> but, like, the receiving core they have, you know, Lamar Durant, Poppy White, Stephen Dunbar, Tim White, David Unger gets a target. Like, they're not using him. Andre Smith got two targets. Like the receivers are there, I think there is potential there, but it's real hard when you don't have the offense that allows them to get the ball because teams just know you're going to pass. Yeah. So why would you send six and drop back in man coverage when you can send three, drop eight guys back? I do think that the defensive or line. Guys back. In Hamilton, they've been so good at stopping the run, mm-hmm. but the the pass rush really hasn't been there yeah. this year as much as Hamilton would have liked. But they've got talent on on defense, and I don't know what you do 
to blow it up. But hey, I know how much the Labor Day game in Regina meant to me. Mm-hmm. I know how it means to people in Hamilton. It, like if you if you're gonna blow it up, Adelaide's got to go. Are you keeping Dylan Wynn? There's big salary guys on the D line. I mean, right? Like, but Simone uh, probably you probably got to let Simone. You probably got to either you got to trade Simone or cut him. And I mean, like, like, there's so much fun. you got to do. Are you are you, are they prepared to do that? Because those are names that have entrenched themselves in that community. Yeah, and you might see a bit of a revolt. But I think the Hamilton That's fans tough. are smart enough to know what the what they're doing if that if it goes that way. And because uh, I, I don't know if it's got to be an Edmonton teardown like we've seen. That's what I mean. Uh, like that. That's that is that's a big ask. The uh, the Hamilton front office is pretty stacked too. I mean, mm-hmm. Ed Hervey's in there. Kari yeah. Jones is in there. <laughs> Orlando Steinauer's in there. It's pretty stacked. Yep. So I, those... I don't think I don't think I think it would be like a one year deal, or maybe they go five and thirteen, get the people in place, and the next year they come out and they have it figured out. I don't think we see what we see in Edmonton. Not right. saying Edmonton, but I mean Edmonton went over went you know they overhauled their front office, new president, yeah, whatever, yeah. all that stuff. I think that adds to it. But if, if they're going to do it in Hamilton, they got to figure they got to figure out if they're doing it first, and they got to make that decision sooner rather than later. Because if you just stand pat with this and come back next year and the same thing happens, then you've wasted a, you've wasted a year. Toronto, well, Hamilton's score came on a pick six off of McLeod Bethel-Thompson, who went 22 of 34. He had two picks. He had two touchdowns, 298 yards. I mean, Brandon Banks has a touchdown catch, a beautiful one. Mm -hmm. The the run in for the touchdown where he fakes the throw with the left hand and then runs in. Toronto, (laughs) they're on top of the East Division, and... Look, I know they were against Jamie Newman, but that that Toronto defense has some real players on it. We already mentioned Jamal Peters, but that defense is really coming they together. Had, they had the player of the month in October on that defense. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, it's not like they're. Yeah, th- is this game going to be something that you would, you know, you talk about college football? This isn't a ranked opponent. Right. That, you, that you're beating up on, right? It, it's it's Hamilton. So yeah, you wow. kind of file that away a little bit. But I mean, they still only allowed eight points, and and only one, and none of them on offense. If you think about it, like, and they allowed a, a pick six. Yeah, like the defense played lights out on. Well, I guess we can say today it's Monday. Like, defense played absolute lights out, and they've been playing very well this last month. Like, we're getting to that time of year now where defense has to show up. Because if they don't, it gets harder and harder to score. Because everybody's defense seems to get a little... I don't know if the defense gets better or if the offense gets a little worse as the weather turns. It might be six of, six of one, half a dozen the other. But if the defense keeps playing like this, there's no reason that they're not hosting that East Final. Like I, It's pretty much locked up now. I mean, they are three games or five, three or four games clear. But they're, they're still, you know, they still have to clinch. But if the defense keeps playing like this, you have nothing to worry about. Hinak Moaba had eight tackles and one sack. Shane Ray had two tackles, and he also had the one sack. But Sean Oakman's on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they only had the two sacks. but Well, now they don't track pressures anymore. Yeah. Again, it's it's only – it's it's Jamie Newman. And mm-hmm. 
no disrespect. No disrespect to him, but we we've seen years before where Toronto will go into Hamilton mm-hmm. on Labor Day, where Hamilton or is struggling, and Toronto is heavily favored, and they get crushed. Mm-hmm. So. Toronto went in and did their job, and they won three out of four from from the Ty Cats. And the big thing was are these teams going to meet again in the playoffs. And right now, it doesn't seem like Toronto has to worry about that one little bit. No, they got to be worrying about who's uh, going to beat Ottawa in the East semi. Well, Toronto's going to play Ottawa the next two games. Yeah. Those games are now the game really... in Ottawa. The game in Ottawa, you don't have to worry about. It's yeah, the game in Toronto that you got to worry about. <laughs> if you're the Argos, will uh, Ottawa finally win a home game? I <laughs> probably not. Probably not. But the Argos, it, it wasn't. You know, last week the Ticats had the ball more. We, we, we keep talking about Ottawa and how they might, you know. They win these two games, and, or yeah. if they even win one, they Mont- Montreal is still in second I place. I know, I know. <laughs> Oops, but but I mean, still, like Montreal had a chance to not put their foot on their throat, but well, be two po- be four points clear, have a little bit of wiggle room, and but now Ryder fans have to cheer for Toronto. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. Tiebreaker's not going to help you in the crossover. No. So <laughs> this is this is remarkable. I'm more worried about the Elks catching them than them making the crossover. Yeah, they they got two games against. Uh, hey, they got two games against Winnipeg this month, and they do have one against Edmonton, who went into Calgary. Obviously, uh, the second half of the Labor Day Classic, and yes, they do lose twenty six eighteen. I think. The best crowd we've seen in Calgary in a while. Over 30,000 people there. Like, we had three great a crowds. Game, Labor a game Day. took three hours and 41 minutes. That's what it says. That has to be wrong. Oh, it says kickoff at 138. That's mm-hmm. And that kickoff was not at 138. It was at 238. Oh. So the game oh, took... Yep. Game took two forty one. Okay. Uh, that makes more sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was not that slow of a <laughs> that's, game. That's on me. <laughs> but that's what the stat sheet says. Yeah. Um, but a great crowd in Calgary and a great atmosphere. We got there early, and uh, BB Can Ryan welcomed us and barbecued us some Smokies and uh, had some beers uh, at the tailgate. And look, they've got the best tailgating in the CFL and on Labor Day. It is it is special. And look, McMahon Stadium has the best sight lines, I believe, in the CFL. Yep. It's just <laughs> the just amenities and everything surrounding yeah. McMahon Stadium. And the post-game show, the big conversation was about the stadium. And, uh, I mean, how it's got to hold back a lot of people from going there anymore. I think so. Like, like- where we where we sat for Grey Cup, we were lucky. There was a bathroom right there. You know, there was food and beer right there if you wanted it. Like, but for Grey Cup, not, not a lot of people are getting up and down, right? Like, it's not it's cold. You don't really want to get out of your seat. Rather, just kind of hunker down. Middle of 
July, August. Well, yeah, you're going to be up and down in Grand Beers. It's going to be way busier with, mm-hmm. le- with a little bit less people because everybody's in the concourse mm-hmm. or needing access. You know, you're drinking, then you need the bathroom, and then you come back and get another drink, get a hot dog, and you go back up to the bathroom, we might as well grab another beer. It, it, yeah, like the concourse, not big. The amenities aren't quite there. It's serviceable for now, but there has to be something coming because I don't know how much longer they can do this. Well, and that's the problem. Uh, five to ten years, what are we doing? Like, wh- where are we playing in Calgary? Yeah. We're going to be playing in McMahon? They, they might, they're not going to have a choice. Because right Nothing now it seems like there is zero rumblings yep. of that changing anytime soon. You think the Flames still want to be in the Saddle Dome? Yeah. I'm that, surprised they didn't get anybody to sign there. Have you seen their dressing room? That's quite the crazy thing that Calgary has the oldest rink. Stadiums. And yeah. stadium. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's quite wild. I mean, I mean, it's pretty tough. When I believe like when you go to McMahon Stadium and you want a fifty five yard line seat, you're paying over a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you're paying eleven bucks for beer and five dollars for water at McMahon Stadium. What is this Woodstock ninety nine? <laughs> That's a pretty tough situation, but credit to the crowd there. I would like just like we see in Regina, the amount of bomber fans that made the trip, especially this year, which I think has been the most that we've seen mm-hmm. at Mosaic since the new stadium open. Why don't, why don't the Elks throw together buses anymore? Look, and I know that the team is struggling right now. I think right this now. year and last year, I, I think it'd be too hard of a sell. Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. And Baby <laughs> maybe, steps. Maybe the Elks don't want to line Calgary's pocket. I get that. <laughs> get over it. Hey, it's revenue sharing. Give them more. <laughs> you help yourself out, too. But They just write it off. You tell me, like, if the Elks organized it and had the marketing, the social following they had, mm-hmm. and sell somebody a spot on the bus, and, hey, we'll get you your first beer and dog for 60 bucks, they'll fill a bus or two easily. Yeah. yeah, even people that aren't Elks fans. Make it happen. Right. And it creates a bigger atmosphere on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Bombers organize what happens in Winnipeg or if it's just fans doing it. I think it's a little of both. Yeah. Get that going. Like, let's get this going. And I, I think, well, I did. Uh, I, I, my question was was whether the Stamps were going to pop 50 on the Elks or not. And they didn't. <laughs> At halftime, it's 8-7 Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I'm thinking, here we go again. Like, are we looking at number 19 <laughs> standing on the sideline? But Dickinson stayed the course and kept Jake Mayer in there. Uh, he had a 69% completion percentage. Nice. And uh, in the third quarter, that's when things really changed and the Stamps scored 15 points. And I really thought they were going to run away with it here. But what? I, I can't I can't even talk. I can't figure out Edmonton. They, they make the most changes this past week than they have all year. They trade their starting center. It mm-hmm. it it looks like they're done and packing it into next year. And on Labor Day in Calgary, Chris Jones has them prepared and competing as good as 
for two and a half quarters. As good as they have all year. Well, and okay, so that blocked punt in the third quarter that the Stamps were able to capitalize on, and I think that ended in a Reggie Bagleton touchdown, which was a crazy uh, throw and catch. Um, Edmonton could have folded up like a cheap tent at that moment, but they didn't. They even ended up recovering a botched punt uh, in in the second half. And then in the fourth quarter, Taylor Cornelius extending a third and goal play and throwing a touchdown pass and keeping the Elks in it to the very bitter end, which the last play of the game, look, I know throwing a 108-yard touchdown <laughs> with time expiring is not likely. Well, ask Danny Machocha and Milt Stiegel about that story. Um, I'm not asking Milt much right now. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but to throw it out of bounds? Ooh. It's an interesting choice. Ooh. I'd rather you throw a pick because at least you yeah. had, a, it, had a, it was in the field of play. Maybe there's a penalty. Something happens. Yep. Who knows? But to chuck it out of bounds. Yep. Whoa. And I thought Cornelius played, I mean, as good as you can ask of a guy that is playing with a, you know, a a rookie running back that only got five carries, by the way, mm-hmm. nine yards a carry. Yeah. Um, his best receiver, Kenny Waller, is not playing. And the Calgary defensive line is all over him. So I, I thought Cornelius had an all right game at uh, yep. at McMahon Stadium. Taylor Cornelius sack, sacked uh, six times. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all over him. But I mean, had a lost fumble as well. The the blocked punt. There it is. Uh, Calgary taking advantage of I mean, the yes. Elks. Cornelius' stat line is good enough to win. 22-33, two touchdowns, 257 Did, yards. Didn't turn the ball over, right? Like, it's just, like, you look at Mayer, 238 interception and two touchdowns. It's like, yeah. they kind of had very similar games. Yeah. Very, like, almost exactly the same. Running backs about the same. It's just, I, they're, they're, they're so close. To figuring it out, it seems like in Edmonton. It does seem like that, and that's what we said that in the second half or in the 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 last third of the season is when they're going to start to figure this out. Because Chris Jones will have made the majority of his moves by then. This training camp will kind of be, you know, in the final cut stages, and here we are. They're they're competitive, and that's what? literally all they need this year. Maybe Which? they get a couple wins. Maybe they backdoor their way into a crossover. Who knows? But they need to be competitive this year and and figure that out, keep guys that they want to keep and that want to stay, turn into next year and start the year competitive and not, you know, going 0-7 to start. I think it starts with a, with a home win. And that would be nice. And we've seen this where, I mean, Edmonton went to Ottawa one and then came home and laid an egg. Um, they they went to Calgary in June this year and gave them all sorts of fits. Mm-hmm. Calgary comes to Edmonton a few weeks later and crushes them. 
they cannot afford to be crushed in the Labor Day rematch. No, I think everybody talks about how you just got to play 500 ball on the road and take care of business at home. You can play 500 ball on the road all you want, but if you haven't won a home game in 1,100 days, what does it matter? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we've seen at times this year where the Elks defense gets thrashed on the Mm -hmm. ground. Kadeem Carey, I mean, he did have a touchdown, but under five yards a carry, uh, 13 carries for 61 yards. The, The Stamps offense couldn't really handle well they handled them but they they were having trouble with the elks up front a little bit mm-hmm. well and mayor take a massive hit from jake Ceresta, by the way yeah which is not somebody that i would want to be running <laughs> he, into he's been making plays over the last few weeks yeah i don't know if it's calgary playing down or if it's because maybe it's not been playing down, maybe it's with Jake Mayer being in. This is a, definitely a different. It is. It is definitely a different team than Bo, and with Bo behind center. So I don't know if they're necessarily playing down. I just don't think they're quite at the elite level that that we're used to seeing them at with Jake Mayer. Yeah, there, yeah. they'll get there because we know that Calgary is basically that. a plug and play. We've seen enough from Jake Mayer now to know that he can put up those numbers. Yeah. Still young, still not a huge sample size. There's going to be some up and downs. I think this is just one of those. They still get the win. It's not a pretty one. Like when you look at it against an Edmonton team that is the, the what the Elks are this year, you don't expect Calgary to only win by eight. No, no, no. So we'll see what happens in this rematch on Saturday. Uh, Malik Henry was the leading receiver with 67 yards. He was working on uh, Deron Carter for most of the game, but uh, with Malik Henry, you know, (laughs) destroying the Elks earlier this season, I mean, that has to be considered a Mm -hmm. bit of a success for Edmonton. But all that does is open up Reggie Bagleton. Five catches, 57 yards, two touchdowns for him. Kamar, he had four catches, 31 yards. Luther Hakunavanu had a wild 40-yard reception. And Kadeem Carey had three for 27. But the, the Elks, deep or offense, entirely new look mm-hmm. this week. The leading receiver, Dylan Mitchell, six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. I think he had a pretty nice game himself. He had three punt returns as well. Jalen Marshall, a wild touchdown catch from him, three for 33. And the the new running back, Kevin Brown, six for 51. He, hey, added 45 yards on the ground. Maybe they got something in the running game going with Kevin Brown, too. Well, and if he can can catch the ball in the backfield, I mean, you can have a if you can have a running back that can do both where you're not, you know, well, some teams have the running back that only runs and they have the yeah. running back that only catches passes out of the backfield and makes it real easy to play against. If you can do both, give you kind of that, that two headed monster in one guy. That, that's kind of nice. And two, they spread the ball around. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had seven different receivers. Uh, everybody had multiple targets except uh, Lee Trey. Like, I mean, it, it makes, makes it tough on a defense. They didn't come out with the win, but I mean, we're seeing vast improvements, and I—they're I, getting—they're definitely getting better. It's just they're, they're not winning football games. It is what it is. But yeah, Dylan Mitchell, like you said, newcomer, Jalen uh, Marshall. Who was the other one? Oh, I mean, Darrell, Darrell Walker, three of five for forty-eight yards. 
what you're paying them? Probably not. It's probably more team friendly than the Argos got a couple of years. Yeah, ago. That, that's very <laughs> fair. And it's probably more team team friendly than Kenny Lawler. Oh, by a lot, but, I think. But like what we've seen him do, I know, I know. Yeah, right. It it seems like it. I don't. I don't want to say it's over because I don't think it is. But I think it's time in Edmonton might be because I, I think Chris Jones like. Yeah, and they won a great cup together. He was a huge piece when he came in. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they can keep everybody together because they're going to have to find a way to add to this team in the offseason guys well, that Chris Jones wants. I'm and wondering, I, I, like, like, the way who, Jones is changing around? things, is like, is Lawler going to – he can't pay him 300000 again. No. The only way you can pay Kenny Lawler three hundred thousand is if you're going to win fourteen games. Like, is he going to be a trade target? Like, Jones is trading everyone. He's only on a one year deal. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, it's going to be interesting to see. <laughs> you well, never you know. Look, with you look Chris at a guy Jones. like Darrell Walker, do you resign him? Yeah. Down year. Not like we've seen. They know what he can do. He's had massive seasons, and, and a and a massive half a season. In 2015, do you bring him back and and try to rekindle that, or do you just let him walk and give that money to like? This is that's one of the I just use I'm just using him as an example because there's lots of guys on this team that it's the same question. What are you doing? Because we've seen the changes that Chris Jones has done or and has traded, signed, released, and then or you know. Didn't sign the free agent, then traded for him after he was signed. <laughs> yeah. Like we talk about this training camp and everything, they are getting better. Who fits into this Chris Jones system to end the year? And if they're here at the end of the year, does that mean he couldn't trade them or he didn't want to? Like, there's so many questions with this team right now. Still, it's crazy that they're even this competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I honestly the way that they gave Calgary so much trouble in this game, good for them. Jake Ceresna, mm-hmm. he did have two sacks. Avery Ellis, the newcomer, had one sack. But look at Calgary; they had six sacks in this one. Yeah. Arimalade had two of them. Uh, Mike Rose had one at the end. Jameer Thurman, ten tackles, one sack. Terrell McLean had had one sack there. So. Again, it's it's Calgary making the plays that they need to make, much like Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and they're close. We saw how close those two teams were in their three matchups this year. It's really hard to not think that that's your West final. Is there still an in-between tier? Like, it's clearly Winnipeg, and then... BC, Calgary, Saskatchewan. I think it's I think it's Winnipeg one, Calgary two, BC and Saskatchewan. I think are that other tier, and then you have the Elks. Like I, after work goes down, you can't, <laughs> but you can't keep BC up there. Well, now all, all it almost looks like Hamilton's in the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> Hamilton's a dumpster fire right now. Do you have uh, fantasy numbers? I don't even know. I have nothing. We do not have fantasy numbers. <laughs> so we can go through our lineups. That is yep. fine. They were both uh, dumpster fires themselves. Oh. Uh, 
we were both uh, in the CFL Podcast Fantasy League. We both came away with losses. You lost to X's and Argos. I lost by like four points to Joe Pritchard of U.S. <laughs> or of uh, uh, Rouge, White, and Blue. I was thinking of his uh, Twitter handle, USFL Tecmo. <laughs> I look at my receivers and flex. <laughs> Kamar Jordan, 7.1. Braden Lenius, 5.4. It's a good Don, thing you don't lose points for penalties, eh? Yeah. Don Jackson, point nine. Hey, he outscored my defense. <laughs> so Jake Mayer had 16. My running backs were actually the bright spot. Uh, Kadeem Carey, 18.8, and Frankie mm-hmm. Hickson, 13.5. I, I had Jake as well, uh, but I had Peyton Logan. Oh, know, yeah. 2.4. Yeah. He had a big... Uh, at least he had that return. It was over a forty-yard return. Sixty-one yard or sixty-one return yards. Two rushes, no yards, no catches. Like ugh. Don Jackson last week against Toronto had ten carries, but he also mm-hmm. had six catches. So yeah. that's what I was I banking Malik, on this week. I had Malik Henry twelve point seven, Kyron Moore twelve point eight, Keandre Smith got two point five, and I had the Al's D. They got me minus four. <laughs> But hey, I'm I'm like 42nd in Pickham. Hey, that's going well for you. You went what yeah. three and one this week? I went two and yeah. two. Yeah, I went uh, I went two and two in gambling though because I took bombers to cover. <laughs> Sorry, 43rd overall. Nice, well done. Just need you to drop 26 spots. I will do that for them. <laughs> And keep that that mustache looks infinitely greasier than even last episode. I love it, Travis. Well, greasy well, is a term of endearment, and he's trying to get the handlebars. They're common. Do you think they will connect? No. There's <laughs> only one way to find out. Yeah, there's only one way to find out. Because if they don't, I'm going to give it. Like, I'll give it some time. But if okay. they don't, I'm going Oren Larson with it. Nice. The only problem with Oren is that he wears rubber boots all the time because he's from Manitoba. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least, and Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this. When it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. I'm Travis Curra. He's Brazilian Thai. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out on your favorite podcatcher. Leave a comment, share with your friends, YouTube, subscribe, ring the bell so you get notified when there are new episodes up there. Email and, questions, we got a mailbag. Yeah, yeah, tuneout.ca. That reminds me. Oh, no. We had a couple weeks ago, Al, Al Bradbury, this is overtime of two and out, refed his last game. What? In in the CFL, yeah. Oh, he's done. What? yeah, 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 yeah. And we had, everybody's worried that he's going to go to the control center or command center. <laughs> and Michael Walker to two and out CFL at gmail.com writes a sonnet for Al dedicated to Brazilian Thai. Mm.
long after the play should have ended. Instead, it stands extended by a square of fabric yellow thrown by a burly fellow. As the players grapple and sweat and the gamblers fear for his bet, for he has taken the over and this may ruin the cover. The crowd holds collective breath. Roughing against Macbeth is the call upon the field and new first down the yield. <laughs> of the final soliloquy by the man, the legend, Al Bradbury. Written by Michael Walker. Oh, no, sonnet. Oh, oh, yeah. Wasn't that beautiful? Snapping. That was unreal. That's only but the content you, you said, can find on Twitter. You should have been. You should have rhymed "cover" with "over," like how Eminem just changes syllables to make words rhyme. Should I? Should I have said "cover"? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be back on Thursday with another episode. The Labor Day rematches. Uh, I guess not Hamilton and Toronto, but uh, yeah. Winnipeg Sask. Calgary. Calgary. Yeah, there we go. Uh, you'll be here next Monday, but not Thursday. Am I right, Ty? Yeah. All right. Uh, but hope. hey, hey, I've got a bigger camp room now, so it's like there's so much room for yeah, activities. Nice. nice. <laughs> so much room for activities. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. My tears have dried from the Labor Day loss in Regina. I, I was wearing my Wobby jersey yesterday. I Hold this closer. I got to go. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.